I quickly realized the huge gap between understanding what social media does for a business and versus just being there on social media. And I quickly became obsessed with trying to prove how social media can really benefit your practice if done correctly. And I say that because gone are the days where you can just post stuff on Facebook and people will just come to it and you're instantly viral. Hey everybody, welcome to Whisker Talks. I'm Adam Greenbaum, CEO and founder of Whisker Cloud. Today we have Cheyenne Flerks. You know her, you've heard about her, you probably work with her. What's happening? Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm glad you're here. Uh, how's life? How's everything going? Life is crazy. I mean, I know that's kind of like the theme of 2020, but I'm sure you can feel this, but business has been crazy. Uh, crazy good. And I'm loving it. Like, I'm there for it. <laughs> yeah, it, it's this odd thing. And it's this thing I talk about with a lot of people with like, okay, so I work in vet med, even though I'm not in vet med, we support vet med. And a lot of people say, Oh, isn't it just hectic and crazy? And I'm like, it is every day is sort of a grind. And you and it's this weird thing where it's like, on one hand, whisker clouds growing and doing great because vet med's doing great. On the other hand, Vet med is insane and over the top and everything's going crazy right now with COVID and it causes whisker clods days to get a little crazy. I, are you feeling some of that too? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, we're not at the same level as you are as far as clients, but I, I brought on a few new clients and I'm feeling like, oh my gosh, like this is insane. And definitely with all the influx of people, it's, the requests are coming in are just bonkers. <laughs> well, we're going to talk about that today because I want, I don't know, I feel like you and I can just get real today and I'm kind of excited about that. But before we do that, as you know, I'd like to hear your superhero origin story, how you got into vet med, you were just walking along through a lab and a little genetically engineered spider came down and bit your hand and gave you superhuman powers. How did you become a vet med superhero? Yes. Yeah, so first off, I share your love for Avengers and Marvel. So I've been dying for you to ask me this question. So I'm, I'm fangirling here, but I kind of the typical story. I kind of wanted to be a vet. Um, when I was in high school, my mom kind of encouraged me because she's like, You've been at 4-H for so long. You've been showing Basset Hounds. Like, I could see you naturally progressing down this path. So I was like, okay, you know, let's go for it. So I decided in high school, I wanted to work at a vet hospital, kind of see if that was the path for me. And so I applied at my local vet hospital and took about three months for me to get into the, the whole process, but finally hired. And I had no prior experience. Like, I don't know if you know about 4-H, but I was in the dog project and I was learning about dogs, all about the health aspect of them. And so I got in and about two weeks into it, they're like, hey, you're a millennial. Can you help us with our Facebook page? I was like, okay, cool. And I probably should back up. I was hired as a vet assistant. So, you know, outside of that, I have no prior experience. And so they asked me to help them with the social media. So I was like, okay, cool. Because I wanted to impress them. And one cool fact I like to tell people is that at that point, I only been on Facebook for a year. Like, I hadn't been into it that long. So long story short, um, I got into social media at the vet hospital and I found snout school. After that, I feel like that was the moment where I had 
been dipped in radioactive fluid, whatever, and transformed into this marketing nerd. After that, I was promoted to marketing manager at the hospital and eventually moved on to pursuing consulting full time. I have a lot of questions about that story. Um, <laughs> I guess my first one is, are millennials, did I miss this? Are millennials born knowing how to Facebook? Yeah, right. You would think that. <laughs> I don't know how to. <laughs> like, I, I hear that expression. all like, you're a millennial. You'll get this. Um, yeah. And it's like, no, I think I, I don't know if I'm a millennial. I think you and I might be on opposite ends of that. Mm-hmm. Whatever, like the bracket is. You said mm-hmm, like that was a certain. I don't know. I don't think I'm that old. But you said that like, mm-hmm, like, oh, yeah, totally. So anyway, enough about my. Uh, <laughs> but it is really interesting to hear that term a lot and we hear that a lot even at whisker cloud hey guys we just hired a new young person they're gonna help us with facebooking which always is funny and it's sort of like i'm just confused is our young people i mean i think when i think and this is something i wanted to talk about with you that kind of shows the level of care that most people even have for veterinary social media that sometimes it's not necessarily Who's going to do a good job? Sometimes it's just like, who's going to be able to post a picture and like reply to people and not make me do it as the owner of the hospital? And that's bad. Yeah. That actually drives me crazy. And that's kind of what I wanted to talk to you about today. So you left the veterinary hospital. How would you describe working in a vet hospital? I mean, I loved it. I mean, I loved working with the animals, um, but mainly for me, I really loved working with the animals in a medical perspective. I mean, I mean, this sounds weird, but I enjoyed helping with the nail trimming appointments, um, getting um, the patients in for vaccines and watching all the different procedures. Like, one thing I really, really loved was helping with cruciate repairs. Like I didn't actually like help with the operation, obviously, because I was a vet assistant, but I was there assisting the surgeon and I thoroughly enjoyed that. But one thing that I really enjoyed was working late nights because the practice was a general practice. So I worked with small animals. I actually volunteered to help with late night appointments so I could have those one-on-one relationship with those clients because it was a slower pace and I could really get to know the people. And I just loved the aspect of it mostly. I I don't think anyone ever has talked about my cat Nala and said, oh, I love the nail trim appointment. <laughs> right. <laughs> they actually put her in a little like chamber that like calms her down. I think there's some sort of gabapentin or something in there. That, oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's that's where we're at. But so you talk about you really loved being in the hospital, mm-hmm. but you left it. I did. Yes. <laughs> I like how this is sort of like an e-true E-Holly- Hollywood story. Right. Um, <laughs> but you left it and there was like a long pause. You're like, I did. But you left it. So what is, and I want to hear like the juicy, and again, this isn't, this has nothing to do with the hospital themselves who's full of great people, but you know, you have these people that dedicate their lives to being in the hospital and you have people who still want to be in the industry, but work outside of the hospital what makes someone go from one side to the other? Yeah, I think for me, it was more of a personal journey. Like when I was first hired, I was going there with becoming a vet in mind, right? So as I got to work closely with 
the support team and the veterinarians, I realized that I really wanted to support veterinarians versus be a veterinarian. I mean, they're under so much stress. They have all these choices. And for me personally, like kudos to all the veterinarians and DMVs and specialists out there. But I realized that wasn't for me. So this light bulb turned on when I discovered this new passion for marketing. And so I wanted to work outside of just marketing for one practice and expand myself and challenge and grow my knowledge. So really, it was just more of a yeah, I enjoyed it, but what else is there out there for me to do? Okay, that's good. So, and the funny thing is, I don't know how many people know this. We actually had a former client who was moving to California that we hired, and and it and it didn't go great at all. And to be honest, she wanted to. She thought she wanted to leave vet med, and then she came to us. And there was such an interesting transition period. I think transitioning away from a life spent in the hospital to us, and then a life you know where you're not like going from exam room to exam room, and it didn't work. And she ended up going back to a hospital. And I thought that was really interesting too. It's you know I think for some people, there's sort of if you want to be in the vet industry or pet industry, which everyone you know, anyone that's ever going to be on this podcast is probably an animal lover who's going to be involved with vet med. Some people are going to be in hospitals. Some want to be out. I know a lot of our practice owners that I talk to off of Whisker Talks that say, ah, I'm just over this. Part of me wants to just join a corporate group and be a, you know, a national medical director. Part of me wants to just start publishing content and sort of building a brand. And I think that's so interesting. I mean, you have people like Jessica Vogel saying who, yeah who know their stuff unbelievably and just say, you know what? I'm a storyteller. I'm a marketer. And, and I like that better than the day-to-day grind of doing that. Whereas like anyone who knows what you do or what we do at whisker cloud, it's a really big daily grind for us as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy just to see how diverse VetMed has really become in the sense of just so much opportunity that has arrived even since I entered the industry about six years ago. It just blows my mind. Well, people love pets. Vets need help. And, you know, as the theme of pretty much every episode of Whisker Talk so far has sort of been talking about the marketing aspect, the growth aspect, the content. And 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 it's funny, every episode kind of goes in this direction of like, well, what's wrong? You know, De- I have Debbie Boone on and what do we do? We talk about People don't, they don't train well when you hire people at the hospital and that leads to chaos. Danielle and I talk about, you know, creating a strategy that no one seems to think about the strategy. Everyone says, well, I'm going to go get a pet desk app, but then they don't think, well, I have a pet desk app, but how am I going to promote it? How do I tell everyone we use pet desk or everyone gets a whisker cloud site and then it's, hey, we want to build you a site. Can you send over photos to your team? No, we're not, we don't really want to have photos on the site. Well, can you send bios? No, we we prefer that off. Okay, this is your business. We, you know, we're really gonna nudge you in this direction here that your business. I'll tell you this, my my three pets are my kids. So if I find my way to your website and I don't see your pictures and I don't know anything about you and I don't know what you specialize in. You're never getting me and I'm worth five, 600 bucks a month. Thanks to some allergy issues. So, you know, it's just one of those things where all of these episodes we talk about, like we're running ads. Why don't they know how people answer the phones properly? So when you're working on like social media and marketing 
for clients. And here's the problem for you, right? Like I'm, I'm the wizard of Oz here. We have clients around the world. They're listening to this and they're like, oh, he could be talking about any of us. Even when I tell stories, I think to myself, oh shit, he's going to be mad at me or oh man, she's going to hate that I told this story. And then I'm like, well, I didn't use her name. We're good. Um, but in your case, this is going to be an awkward 30, 40 <laughs> minutes here for you because the people you're talking about, I know personally, I think half of them have been on this podcast. Oh yeah. So, <laughs> so let's talk about them and let's talk about, and we won't use them specifically. You all know who I'm talking about. I'm big fans of all of you and I'm close with all of you, but let's talk about hospitals themselves because you do help manage and you're in a lot of the Facebook groups and you see a lot of the same questions people ask over and over and over again. Now, Danielle and I, the reason her and I are so close is we kind of like to, we just like to be open and honest of things. So I'll start off the conversation with this question. Okay. What happens to your heart when people post a picture of a puppy and say, can everyone please help me with a caption for this? So my creative side of me kind of screams like this is an opportunity for you just to go wild and get engagement. But I realize on the other hand, like I've been in this for so long now, it's just second nature. And so when you're fatigued in the practice and you're like, I caught this cute picture. What do I do now? I realize how hard it can be to just be like, well, here's what you do. So, I mean, there's so many ideas that come to mind. Like I could just geek out on it, but you know, rein me in if I need to. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the reason I'm asking about that and, and I have my own thoughts, which everyone that's listened to this and everyone that's ever met me knows I'm not shy about. <laughs> I, I just want, I want vet med to think, in a different way than that. And I know, so we have this saying at Whisker Cloud, and I say we, it's pretty much me and maybe one <laughs> other top level person here. Like I'll ask about a blog post that went out for Whisker Cloud, or I'll ask about the analytics of an email that went out and the numbers aren't good, but they'll say, well, you know, we had this many, you know, we had this many unique visitors to the page or yeah, we had this Instagram post and it had this many views and, and for me, the way we look at it is always like, well, what did that mean for either long-term engagement with people or new business coming to Whisker Cloud? So if I'm a vet hospital, I'm always worried that we're going to be sitting here and, you know, I'm going to have a person who's going to say, yeah, I was in this Facebook group and I, you know, I, I got some ideas and I had this post and we got 200 likes and eight shares and it was great. And if I'm the owner of the hospital, I say, cool. How many of those 208 people that engaged with the post, you know, came to our website and booked an appointment? Oh, well, I don't know. Okay. Well, there, what did you link back to the site? No. Okay. So what are we doing here? So I guess for me, mm -hmm. how do you train people as you're either in these groups working with people or like working with new clients? Like, how do you train them to think that way? And I never told you, I never told everyone the thing I said, like, I always say like, I don't get to like pay our payroll with likes. I don't get to pay our office rent with shares and I don't get to, you know, we don't do employee benefits that were completely funded by comments on LinkedIn business posts or Facebook posts. So for yeah. me, it's like, there needs to be a real purpose here. And I think there's two types of social posts. Mm -hmm. The, Hey, here's this puppy caption this. That's cool. Like that is what 
every social media manager, every you know person who does social media at these hospitals, those are the easy, hey, look how many likes I got. Easy gold right there. Yeah, it is. It's just like the lowest hanging fruit, taking candy from a baby, shooting <laughs> fish in a barrel, all of that yeah. stuff. Um, but then there's like the, hey, we ran this coordinated campaign where we did this, 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 and this, and this is what happened, and this is how much, how much you know, we got from it. And the interesting thing for me is I would rather have my team come to me and say, we did this blog post and we got one demo request and they signed up from it than to say to me, we got 200 likes on a Facebook post. So yeah, this is like the, probably the longest question in history <laughs> because I've just kept it going for seven minutes. But how do you train people to change their mentality because they go into these Facebook groups and what do they do? They're like, Hey, look how many likes I got. Yeah. You know what I mean? So how do you train them to think about conversion and business from this aspect? Yeah. I mean, really with any post idea that people come to me and ask about, I ask them, what's your goal? What's the purpose of your marketing? What are you trying to do? Because I know it's been talked about a lot on the podcast and it's known in the industry, but vets didn't go to school for business. And a lot of them. Um, Wait, what? What? I know. Just breaking news. So a lot of them don't know how to go about doing it with social media. Like it's one thing, you know, to do business and own a practice, but actually do digital marketing on top of that. That's a whole new universe right there. Um, I almost think they need a stone uh, infinity stone to help them with that but anyway which one you know i think they need a new stone they need the mind stone oh yeah good one but since we don't have that handy yeah i always go back and ask them what was the goal of this post how is it going to benefit the practice overall like i know a lot of social media managers and the practice are just asked to keep the facebook page alive okay that's great but Going back to that goal is going to be your North Star on how to convert business back to the practice. I mean, with just that caption, this photo, you can easily add a link to your website that people can request an appointment through. Okay, that's an easy way for people to get exams coming in. I mean, that's just one way. But what is your goal? That's what I think of every time. Well, and the funny thing, too, is like even the people that work with Whisker Cloud, it's like we could just create a landing page where we're like, here's a contest for this month. Go and you can win a free nail trim. And yeah. just on that page, you have people leave comments. And then there's also a big button to book an appointment or do a refill request. And it's that simple. But no one ever thinks of it that way. And it's just odd. Yeah. Yeah. And another thing I like to point out is what is your overall purpose for having a social media page is it to actually connect and be social on social media and building those connections or is it just to be present because a so-called marketing specialist told you you have to be on facebook you have to be on instagram you have to be on twitter you know wherever works for you i mean are you doing it because you want to be there or because you were told to be there if that makes sense. I hope that makes sense. <laughs> no, it makes a lot of sense. And I think the problem is, I mean, that's what happens at Whisker Cloud a lot is like everyone comes to us. It's like you just made a comment. You said like a lot of people, they're just there to like keep the page alive. What if like what type of life would a human live if there were people working on them to just keep them alive? 
(laughs) That would would be a horrible life to live. But I think like a lot of people think of their Facebook page or their Instagram page as just sort of like, oh yeah, people say to us, well, we need six posts a week. Why do you say that? Well, we just know we need that. Where did you hear that? Oh, I saw it in a Facebook Mm -hmm. group. Well, like the thing is like every page is different. Every person's different. Like everything is different. So I don't know. It's just, there's like this gap. And, And I'm curious from your perspective to go from like in the hospital to sort of working with these people online to now running your own business where you manage social for people. What was it that made you click And again, like, I feel like a lot of this is coming out as negative. It's not meant to be negative, but it's meant to sort of be this thing where it's like, hey, you have to think bigger and you have to start thinking about the marketing aspect of this. But for the practice owners or practice managers who are very interested in these things that are like, I really need to take away something from this. It's like, what should they be really thinking about? Because I'll tell you, new people sign up with us. They're like, I'm a new business. I want to be on Whisker Cloud social media plan. And our social team does a strategy call with them. And they're mm-hmm. like, yeah, just post cute graphics four or five days a week. We're like, no, don't make us do that. And then, you know, we have the people that sign up and we'll email five weeks in a row. Like, hey, what's going on in the hospital? Have you gotten any pictures? You know, these are the things that have come in through your photo gallery. But is there anything else we should know about? And there's literally like never a response. And we're like, guys, we want you to have a good page. Like the pretty pictures are going to be there regardless of what happens here. But the difference between you know, having a nice little page where you're adding 30 to 50 fans a month and then having a true page where we're creating conversions on your website from this, there's a massive ocean in between those two things that's pretty easily solved. Yeah, absolutely. And I think for me, I quickly realized the huge gap between understanding what social media does for a business and versus just being there on social media. And I quickly became obsessed with trying to prove how social media can really benefit your practice if done correctly. And I say that because gone are the days where you can just post stuff on Facebook and people will just come to it and you're instantly viral or um, locally viral. People are just like, oh my gosh, I love it. And they just eat it all up and comment, engage and what else, you know? We have to be more intentional and work harder at creating the content that our audience wants. And yes, generally speaking, the same kind of content works for all hospitals, but your clients, I can guarantee you, if they've been with you for multiple visits or like you at least, they want to hear the advice that comes from you as the doctor, as the support team, the receptionist. I mean... When I was in practice, and I don't know if you've heard these stories before, Adam, or even in your own experience before COVID, now, mind you, before COVID, how long ago was that? Seven years. (laughs) Right? I know. It feels like a decade. But number one thing that I heard multiple times at my practice was people loved it when the receptionist called them by their names or by their pet's name or asked how their other pet was doing, right? It was that warm, welcome hey, hospitality, you know, welcome to the practice, welcome to the clinic. And I think we forget that we can convey that kind of warmth or your story, that kind of culture from your hospital online. I mean, I know you know this and believe this, but your online presence is like your new digital front store. You know, that's the first thing people see. 
And so I just think that if we're going to try to win people over and show them the great medicine that we provide, why not convey that warmth, hospitality online? Like, why do we have this digital barrier when we can just make it work for us? You know what I mean? I completely agree. And it's like one of those things, too, where it's like, you know, it's hard to follow to get someone to like a Facebook page. Yeah, it's just hard. And I mean, it's I think with vets, it's because people love their pets. Like how many people and I think about and I was talking to my dentist about this because he owns a practice and he was like, when are you doing a whisker cloud for dentists? And I said, never. And he said, <laughs> why wouldn't you? There's so much money in it. I said, dude, I have cats and dogs on my screen all day. You think I want people's gross mouths and teeth on right. and, like weird tongues on my screen all day? That sounds like a nightmare. But I said, you know, when we were talking about his Facebook page as he was um, like changing out old cavities from when I was a kid. Great. Now everyone knows I was a horrible brusher when I was young. Um, but like, and I said, dude, like, I don't follow you guys. Cause like, what could you possibly post to get me to follow? Like brushing tips. <laughs> it's like, I know it's like, Hey, brush your teeth after you eat candy. Well, yeah, <laughs> everyone knows that. Don't forget to floss. Like they could just have a post that went out every night at 8 PM local time. That was just like, have you flossed today? <laughs> so like, I don't know, but like, I think with pets, we want to take care of them. We want to have tips. We want to know what they should and shouldn't eat. There's all of these things, but it's still hard because you have to balance that with, I, I'll say this, like so many hospitals say to us, oh, well, we don't have a camera. It's hard to get photos. It's like, oh, shut up. You have an iPhone in your pocket. You can take the yeah. world's greatest photos in 10 seconds. IPads, you know, all the t tablets with digital processing uh, and whatever else. I mean, cloud-based, that's what I was looking for. Cloud-based software. Yeah. I mean, how many practices out there have cloud-based softwares and they have tablets that they use room to room? Like, oh, I completely agree. It's just, I mean, so I think it's about getting more comfortable being on camera, getting more comfortable shooting videos and doing those things. Yeah. Um, but let me ask yeah. you this. So let's say you started a new practice tomorrow. Ooh. First off, what would you name it? Oh, see, I had a, I had a feeling you would ask me this. And I'm the worst at naming stuff. Like, I I got my bassets from uh, from a breeder. I'm like, okay, what are their names? And she's like, da 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 da. I'm like, okay, we're keeping those. <laughs> <laughs> like, I I don't know. I mean, that's why I love Danielle. She's so creative. And I mean, you know Danielle, right? <laughs> Danielle, who? Yeah, you know Lambert. Um, I am not. I'm not familiar with her, but I will uh, be looking her up on LinkedIn after this. Yeah, definitely. I mean, she's the other ginger that I work with sometimes that has a weird monkey. Oh, I'm sorry, Brussels on her arm, you know. Never uh, heard of her. Okay, yeah. But those those are good identification tools you can look for. Nice. But um but yeah, I don't know. Like I I think like naming a practice is one of the hardest things ever. Like I know I'm like totally derailing the question, but yeah, this was like, I mean, you could just call it like pet vet down the street at this point. Right. <laughs> so let's say pet vet down the street and they're, they're getting ready to open their doors in two weeks. So whisker clouds built their site. It's the greatest site of all time. Their SEOs already bang in They're all their online listings are managed and they say, cool. 
we're gonna we're gonna put together a strategy in place. Now I'm gonna give everyone my top secret veterinary social strategy after you answer and tell me what yours would be. Okay. So I think for me, would actually start to show pictures of the staff of the team that's working there. It's telling your story of like why you went about going to create this hospital. What are some things that you want to invest in it, such as like pet care and why you installed some of these features. Like, you know, you might know Cody Crowley because I guess he was on your podcast a few weeks ago. But I just love what he's doing over at BenVet. And he's actually, it building's in process now as in the time of this recording. But he's invested so much in his practice. And I know people are loving just watching his journey. I mean, he calls it the VenVet Chronicles for a reason. So I say just basically short answer, start to tell your story before you even open. So this is what I would do. And I hope everyone, if you're out there listening, grab a pen or something to type on. I'll does pause. IPad, does an eye pencil count? Yes, that counts more than other things. Okay, now that everyone's ready, I'm going to give you the, my top secret sauce. And, and I'm going to give you both from the vet hospital and how we do it at Whisker Cloud. Okay. Okay, so let's go from the vet hospital. From a vet hospital, there's like five categories of posts we want to do, right? We want to do like an educational post. We want to do a promotional post. We want to do some sort of behind the scenes post. And then we want to do any partnerships we have, like a vet source store, like a download, a pet desk. Cool. So like once you start breaking these things down into the four or five categories you want, now all you have to do is break down the month into weeks. Every week... I want to I want to break down one of those categories. If you've got five categories, cool. Do one post on each, you're good to go. And then you'll sprinkle in some like fun little cutesy shit like the hey, you know, caption this kitten and and you'll have social media gold and it's really that simple. And like this is how I think of it from a vet hospital. We want to do six to eight promotional posts in the month that link back to either booking a, an appointment or going to one of our services. And on that page, there should be a, a CTA, some sort of call to action to book an appointment. Also whisker cloud competitors, um, please take notes here. So just kidding. <laughs> so there, there's six to eight posts. You should, I wish we're like literally the only company on earth that says like, let's put an appointment button on any other page other than the home or contact page. But yes, treat every page like a landing page. Cool. There's six to eight posts. There's 30 days in a month. You just got through 25% of it. Take five pictures, five, give me five pictures at the worst where you're like, here's a good picture of the doctors talking. Here's a good picture of everyone with their masks. Here's a picture of us greeting someone curbside. See, it really isn't that bad. And here's two really cute puppies and cats. Perfect. Now we've got five. Now we have 13 posts. That's it. We've got we've got our posts. We're up there. Now let's do reviews, right? Everyone needs more reviews. They're really important for SEO. Cool. If you commit to asking for reviews in the hospital and you use like reminders through like Petisk or through your Whisker Cloud website, Awesome. You're probably going to get five or six plus, and then you can share them and encourage other people to leave it. So there, we're going to do one post a week or even, you know, three or four posts a month, however you want to do it, of, of reviews and sharing the love and, and showcasing the love that you're receiving. And then we're going to do some educational posts, whether it's on a blog or just like, a, hey, Christmas is in a couple days. Don't give your dogs chocolate. Don't let your pets drink out of the tree water. Don't let your cat chew on the lights on it. So like, and then you're done. I mean, 
It really doesn't need to be this hard. You Most hospitals offer eight to 12 services. Most have yeah. 10 plus team members that they can showcase every month. They can showcase their own, their, their team's pets, plus their social media holidays every month. There's 50 of them every month. So I right. mean, between those, between all those, Putting together this, and just so everyone knows, it's no different in Whisker Cloud. We have like seven categories. It's like promotional, educational, showcasing a client, whether it's like a really cool website we build or something cool on social. Um, obviously, for us, like podcast is a new category we go through. Mm -hmm. um, and then there's like industry news and veterinary news. And and industry news, I mean tech news. So for us, it's like, okay, cool. We want to have two edu educational posts a week that are typically like our blog posts or podcast episodes. We want to do something to promote Whisker Cloud, which typically coincides with one of our posts on like showcasing something badass we did for a client. Um, and then we just want to talk about like marketing tips. And we want to, you know, we, we're going to start introducing some more design and kind of funkier graphics and, and like showing how our sites look on small devices, large devices. We did make a huge graphic of one of our websites on the um, like big screen in Times Square and we were going to post about it. And then we were like, well, wait, there's like a million people in this picture and there's no one wearing masks. We didn't want that to come <laughs> off weird. So we canceled yeah. that at the last minute. But yeah, like it doesn't, I mean, it should be this easy, but everything you do at the end of the day, like Whiskercock could share a podcast. People are going to listen to this to learn. That's cool. Like I'm not doing this to sell because I don't sit here and sell the whole time. But at the end of the day, it's like not only do we know our shit here but we also care enough to do this podcast we also already are the best of course i'm gonna say that it just happens <laughs> to be true but like with all of those things i'm hoping people that listen to this are like well yeah actually like they're a cool company and the owner cares so much that he he does this podcast to you know get to know people and talk about vet med not to sell but because he cares it's just another avenue that makes people more aware of whisker cloud and who we are as a brand you can yeah. do the same thing with your vet hospital without having a podcast. You can take pictures, you know, curbside. I'm telling you the amount of review, the the amount of like one star reviews that hospitals are getting because of bad curbside. I know. But the problem is, let me ask you this. You worked in a hospital. Like, do you think they're, and I know what Debbie Boone would say. Do you think people are training them on like, this is what we have to do. And then these are the five things that could go wrong. You, what, what are you going to do if this happens? I'm going to do this, this, and this. Right. What are you going to do if this happens? Like, what happens if someone drops off their dog and says, how long is it going to be? And they say, oh, it's about 30 minutes. Okay, I'll be right back. And then they come back and they park in a different spot. Are, yeah. is, I mean, something as simple as that, are they ready for that? Or they were like, oh, wait, they were in spot, you know, number four. Now they're in spot six. Well, what if the person that came out to get the pet isn't the person that brings them out and they go bring my dog to, you know, car number four and I've moved and I'm watching in the rear view mirror like, well, what's going to happen? They're going to go on Google after that. They get home. They're going to say they tried to give my dog to someone else. Yeah. Yeah. So first I want to address your question, but I do want to go back and unpack like all the awesomeness you just said about creating a content calendar basically because that's my jam right there. But to answer your curbside related question, I think what is happening is that with the sudden change that happened a few months ago, everyone is feeling overwhelmed, overworked in the sense and very and feeling very stressed. And on top of the clients feeling stressed about what's happening, because let's be honest, a lot of clients have been coming, if they're really compliant, once a year for their annual. So if they're starting to come 
now because their annual time is coming, they're yeah. they're not going to know what's happening. And so I think the combination of both parties being stressed, the the team and the practice is trying to catch their breath and trying to figure out, okay, how do we best communicate on top of adding this whole new curbside protocol? Now, I'm not excusing their behavior because I definitely feel like there's a priority to communicating because in my opinion, now this is just my opinion and I'm not working on the practice and I haven't worked during COVID, but I feel like building those strong communication tools as you were explaining is key to helping simplify or not simplify, but to temper down those high stress levels because I, I'll be honest, yesterday I went to the ER because I couldn't get seen at my general practice. My dog has a UTI. I waited there for four hours. And so they kept in contact with me and that made the whole difference to me. If they completely ignored me, um, I probably would have been upset because they had my dog for about an hour with me in the car. I couldn't be with her, um, but I trusted them because they were in communication with me. The doctor was great. She took, she, I only had probably what, five minute conversation with her on the phone. But the first thing she opened up with the conversation with is telling me how cute my dog was and telling me she's a charmer and explained everything and addressed my questions. Okay. She could have just told me, you know, lies about my dog. I mean, I think my dog's a good girl. Her name's Tess. But, you know, it was just that cool, calm tone that she had with me on the phone completely different experience that I had beginning of COVID. I won't go into that, but just those small bits of communication is huge to a client. I mean, I don't know about you, Adam, but I think communication is the big key here. Oh man, don't get me started. I, I had to yell at the people today that are going to be doing some work in our kitchen at my house because of just absolutely putrid communication and missing appointments and then making excuses. And they don't realize this. Like, here's the funny thing. We, we hired this company a week ago and after multiple miscommunications in the first week, there's no doubt they're good at their job. I have no interest in working with them anymore just yeah. because of, and this isn't the owner. I'm not dealing with the owner. I'm dealing with a project manager at this company who's putting in new countertops for us. And it's like the, you know, you're supposed to come by the house, totally blow us off, didn't call. You know, is it the owner's fault? Is the business's fault? No, does stuff happen? 100%. But I'm at this point where I'm like, man, if you can't call me and like, we can't have a normal conversation, how are you going to rip my how are you going to rip up my kitchen and then like yeah. make it look nice? There's no way. So I don't think people realize that, that, you know, if you have a great Facebook page, it gets shared. Someone sees it and they're like, Oh, they look cool. I'm going to call them and they call them and they get put on hold for three minutes. Like yeah. that's it. That's it's game over. They're done. That could have been, that could have been five to 10 K a year from that person who saw that Facebook post. You just blew it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's great to post that can kind of communication on social media, but I don't know if everyone knows this, but not everyone that follows your page will see your posts. And that's why it's important for you to encourage engagement because based on the algorithms, your posts will only be seen by people who engage with your posts, with your content, same on Instagram, same on Facebook. And so really making sure that you're walking through that process, through that journey that your client is going to go through and making sure that you're meeting all those touch points is really, really key because 
for me, I mean, I work on social media all day. I kind of get fatigued at the end of the day of going on Facebook. And so I will often just go off Facebook for the rest of the day. If you post something on Facebook, for example, because I know a lot of practices are on Facebook, I probably won't see that if you post it at eight o'clock at night or even at lunchtime because I try to stay off the computer at lunchtime. And so why not follow up with an email? Like if you have Pet Desk or another app like that, send an email through the database there and remind people of your curbside protocols or be like, hey, happy holidays. We're looking forward to seeing you again. Do some key touch points. And again, kind of like with your example of the parking lot, what kind of signs do you have up to help people be compliant? I know a lot of hospitals, at least here in the area, I've been to to them several times during this year. And I can tell you each and every time there's a different protocol for each hospital, which is great. But a lot of them just had a sign up on the door with their phone number to tell people to stay in their car and to call when they check in. Okay, maybe I could have thought of putting a sign up on the parking spot so people didn't need to get out of the car. You know, just a little- Or get a banner. Yeah, or a banner. Like a big banner when people drive up. I mean, it's just so funny to me. I've thought about that too, as my wife and I are doing like curbside stuff. And like- you get there and there's like, they don't tell you where to park. Like I went to pick up food a couple of weeks mm-hmm. back curbside and there were no signs for where to park or what to do. And then yeah. I parked and then someone came out and she was like, Oh yeah, you have to go park over there. I'm like, and I said to her, like, can you just really quickly not to be rude, but can you tell me how anyone on earth would have known that she's like, well, typically I'm out here. I'm like, do you think maybe it would be smart for the business and better for you to, you don't have to stand outside all day with like a, a, yeah. a $50 banner from Kinko's could solve this problem right now. Exactly. Yeah. And again, I'm not trying to bash on anyone. I'm just trying to help like open your mind, think of ways that you can help yourself. And I know Debbie talked about this on her episode, but see how you can automate things, how you can just do simple things to improve your workflows. I mean, right there in the, in the parking lot. I mean, you don't have to work at a hospital to know when you go pick up food that you can easily get confused right now. I mean, I get confused all the time just trying to go pick up food or even Starbucks sometimes, (laughs) you know? Like, I mean, Starbucks does a pretty good job, but it just kind of depends on location. But I think you get my point. Like, just look outside of the situation, try to get a bird's eye view and see how you can improve stuff to help you. Help me help you. <laughs> you need to, oh, I've never heard anyone say that before. Just kidding, Danielle. <laughs> um, but like, I always think of everything and this sounds mean, but it's not mean. It's like whether we're building something on the whisker cloud site, whether we're doing something for a client or anything, it's like, could my mom figure this out? My mom is really bad at technology. So it's like, could she figure this out? Let's say she got a cat tomorrow. Could she go and figure out how to make an appointment? Could she figure out a curbside check-in form? I don't always believe the answer is yes to that for a lot of things. And then I kind we kind of rework it until I'm like, okay, Whose moms at Whisker Cloud or dads at Whisker Cloud who could figure it out? And if they can't, then we need to figure that out because vet hospitals like the Adams and Danielle's and Cheyenne's of the world are going to figure things out just fine. But the, you know, the older generation who doesn't love smartphones and isn't on Facebook and doesn't read the emails and doesn't download the apps like they're in the dark, but they still need to be communicated with. Yeah, exactly. I mean couple of things if you don't take anything else away from this episode is keep it simple 
but make it easy for people to do business with you. I mean, I think a lot of veterinary professionals, especially the introverts, which is what a thousand percent of us, I mean, the rare extroverts are thrown into the mix, but I think a lot of us tend to overthink stuff and think, oh, that doesn't apply to vet med because of X, Y, and Z. I think just keeping it simple and remembering, okay, how can I make this client's day better, whether that's in person or online? How can I make this easy for them to do business with me and get to build a bond with? Because for me, it's not about working with the animals, but it's helping to create that human-animal bond that really gets me excited and and passionate because the pets don't pay the bills. It's the people, right? That's what Debbie said. What? I love Debbie. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, everybody loves Debbie. Um, All right. So I'm going to ask you one more hard hitting question. Okay. There are a lot of people who currently sit at their hospital and manage a Facebook page or work with whisker cloud to manage a Facebook page and go through those things and, and want to build a brand like a Daniel Lambert or want to sort of start building a business where they're, you know, offering services like you do. Not everyone can do it. So what advice, what true advice would you give to the people who listen to this who are like, okay, I don't want to be in the hospital anymore, but I still want to be in this game. Like, what do they have to do? I think you have to really figure out what you're passionate about, where you want to go and how you want to grow and just take the leap. Like, I know that's like some of the most scariest, most scariest, scariest advice I could give because it terrified me to leave my secure job with benefits and go to do freelancing and work for myself. I've done it before. This is my second business. So it wasn't as scary for me, but just taking the leap is probably the hardest, but one of the best piece of advice I have ever gotten. And I'm so happy I took that leap. I told the burn the boats episode. I think it was episode three uh-huh. um, with Michael Shirley. If anyone wants to listen, I'm not going to repeat it, but go listen to episode three of the Whisker Talks podcast available now on Apple, Spotify, <laughs> and Google podcasts. Wherever podcasts are found. <laughs> yeah, wherever podcasts are found. Don't forget to rate, review, share, like, comment, listen. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I've told that story before too, but is it that simple? It's about, because what happens if someone takes a leap and there's not a net there. So what, like, what do they really have to do to put themselves in a position to really do this? Like, okay, so let me ask you this. Okay. So you leave your hospital, you say, I'm going to do consulting full time. Mm-hmm. How do you get one of your clients that you do social for? How do you talk them into saying, yeah, I want you to manage this for me? Yeah. So first off, let me just say, I didn't just decide one day and be like, all right, I'm leaving the practice. Peace. Here's my two weeks notice. I was very intentional about how I love the practice. So I was working part-time at the practice, but also I had a couple of clients on the side. So Debbie Boone's one of my clients um, and I was working with Danielle. So I had a couple of clients under my belt and I did lots of networking, but with my connections with Debbie and Danielle, they were able to help me get clients that way because they're both lovely women. Like they, they love to help others out. But um, yeah, they, they really helped to launch my business. So if you can just get a couple people on your side and help them to spread the word, you'll make it like, 
I can't tell you, like, I wouldn't be where I am without those people in my life. So yeah, basically work your way up to it. And I was able eventually to get more clients after I left the practice because I was able to focus more on my business. But just having some of those stepping stones in place is really, really key. And just to keep pushing forward, like it will be hard for the first few months. I can guarantee that. Um, But don't let that discourage you. But definitely save some money aside just in case the first few months don't work out, like just some financial advice. But I'm not a financial advisor, so. <laughs> so I think like the big takeaway is taking one step backwards. It's you have to network. You have to get to know people. Yeah, absolutely. Like that's probably one of the most terrifying things you can tell an introvert. I'm an introvert, very extroverted introvert, but networking, getting familiar with, if it's not in the industry, getting familiar with people in your local community, just put yourself out there and be willing to help others out. And in return, people will be willing to help you. Do we, do we think there's going to be a lot more people that are going to try to go your route and are going to, you know, obviously everyone's got different connections in different towns. Oh, you made a noise. Like you're like, Oh great. Here we go. No, no. I love to me, please. Since COVID, especially, I have seen this huge trend of people, especially in Snap School social media Facebook group, people ask almost daily, like, okay, I want to do social media full time. I'm ready to leave the practice. How do I go about getting clients? Da 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 da. I hear all these questions, and it's definitely something that um, in the coming years or coming months that um, Danielle and I at Snap School really want to focus on is helping those women to pursue those avenues and different careers. I mean, if they want to create the side hustle or fall on business, we want to be there to help them with that. Um, Because there's just so much interest and people are looking for that outlet. Interesting. Yeah, that's really, it's so interesting. So if let's say someone owned a vet hospital and they had this like young up and coming marketer, doesn't even have to be young, this young, I keep saying that, this up and coming (laughs) marketer who you know, was, was learning this stuff. How does the vet hospital even keep someone like that? Or is it like, Hey, they're gone. Yeah. I think it really goes back to how management really supports that individual. If it's just saying, Hey, post three times a week on Facebook and Instagram post, whatever, or, you know, come back to me with a plan or just be like, Hey, I want you to be this person, but I'm willing to help you grow into that position and help give the tools that you need. I think more practices will lose that person if they don't support them and give them the tools that they need over not supporting them. Because I I can tell you a lot of people in those positions, it's not their full-time position. It's not even their part-time position. It's, hey, can you do this when you get a chance? And oftentimes they're doing it on their lunch break or off the clock at home. And that breaks my heart because they're not being paid and their time's not being valued. So if they have that conversation and treat it like it's a real position, I feel like that's going to go a long way. Interesting. It is. Let me ask you another question. Okay. And this is this is about everyone listening. This isn't being negative. This is just I, we need to learn. We need to we need and we have to have the tough conversations. You yeah. talk to so many people that work in vet hospitals who are frustrated. What percentage of vet employees that work in the hospitals would you say feel completely supported and Ugh. heard? 
man, you keep making the, I ask these questions and you're like, or like sighing, like, oh shit, here we go. No, it's, it's good. It's contemplation. I'm preparing my mind. Um, <laughs> like, like straight up feel supported and a marketing role, whatever level that might be. Let's start with marketing role. Yeah, let's say marketing role. And then I want to know also just in okay. general. Okay. So marketing role, it's a very small percent. And I hate to say that. I mean, I think 10% might be a little generous. And that's just me being a not, it's been me, it's been approximate. Like I don't have those figures, but a good majority of people don't feel supported yeah. in those marketing roles. And as a whole, I think. It really depends on the hospital. I can't put my thumb on it because it, it's night and day almost. Like we have all these new practices and practice owners up and coming that realize the problem, but a lot of uh, support staff are feeling like they don't feel supported or they want this work-life balance or they're just feeling like they can't make a living. And so all these new practice owners see this and they're making a change in their new practices. And I love that. Um but the existing practices or those practice owners that aren't drinking the Kool-Aid, so to speak, um, you know, I'm, I'm hearing a lot of feedback, but they don't feel supported, the support staff. So it just really depends. But majority of people, I don't get the sense that they feel super supported. And that's why they're looking for all these side hustles or for different positions to work in. And imagine running a hospital, having someone strong and talented. And to be honest, I say this as a business owner, and this is how a lot of business owners think. It's not It's not always right, but I'm just saying this. If I owned a vet hospital, knowing what vet hospitals pay, you're like, I have this young person who probably doesn't cost us a lot of money and, and can do these, you know, can like be part of the reception team, be part of the you know, be part of the curbside and bringing people in and creating experiencing and can help with social media for not a lot of money. Yeah. Why wouldn't you work harder to keep them there? Exactly. Exactly. I mean, I feel like one key thing is that a lot of support staff don't feel appreciated. And that could just be the simplest thing as going up to them saying, thank you for your hard work today. Like it doesn't cost a lot to feel appreciated. Right. I mean, yeah. And it kind of goes back to communication. I agree. I, I, and that's everything in life, whether you're exactly. adding new counters to someone's kitchen or, you know, talking to an employee or communicating with clients during a curbside drop off and pick up. There's just a lot and communication's hard. And unfortunately, if both parties are interested in having good communication, it makes everything very difficult, which is why on the whisker cloud side, um, you know, the thing we still struggle with is we send out multiple emails to clients that say, hey, this holiday is coming up in three weeks or this holiday is coming up in a month. Can you be sure to send us all of the information? You're, you know, when you're open, when you're closed, we have a lot of stuff to update. And we want to get ahead of this. And without fail, every time, like whenever it's the day before a holiday and it's like 3 p.m. Pacific time, we will get 100 emails between 3 and 5 p.m. They're like, oh, we forgot to tell you. And it's like, that that causes our team to feel stress and rush. It's the same thing though. It's like you guys, you know, these hospitals might communicate the new curbside protocols and what they're doing for COVID and this or that, but yeah. stuff's still gonna come up and you have to have a lot of plans ready. Cause if you're not ready, if we don't get all that information up, 
our clients are pissed at us. It's the same thing with the hospitals. You have to have a plan and then you have to have a plan for what happens when the plan fails. Um, trademarking that because I halfway through that coming out, I was like, this is perfect. And I've never yes. said that. Absolutely. And I think it goes back again to communication. I mean, having those early conversations in your practice to be like, hey, you know, it's the first of December. You know, what are our holidays looking like? And it takes just a few minutes to figure out, okay, we're going to be closed on Christmas. We're also going to be closed on New Year's Day. Like if you can get all that information ahead of time, I say send that off as soon as you can, because I don't know about you, Adam, but I forget easily about stuff just because there's so much noise going on in the world. So if you can just block off like an hour a month, like it's not even that much time in all honesty take an hour of your time, like whoever is managing the marketing at your hospital, take an hour of time and figure out, okay, what is the checklist of stuff I need to give Whisker Cloud this month? What is a couple of things I need to give my marketing person? Create yourself a checklist and then make yourself action steps so that you can easily make those manageable and make sure that everything is out on time. Like, boom, I feel like- Love it help your productivity so much. Like I could even see whisker cloud. I mean, feel free to steal this idea or chuck it, whatever, but creating a checklist for that kind of stuff and then sending it out a couple of times. We do. Well, I know you sent out like <laughs> one email, but I don't know. I haven't seen a follow-up email, but that could just be me. I have a lot of emails. Like I know that a lot of people just need a lot of redundancy in that sense. I'm one of those people. Yeah. I need. We've talked about that too. Yeah. So, I mean, just personally, like whoever's listening, create yourself checklists and that applies to anything in life, but specifically marketing because marketing can fall so far down the cracks. It might be hard to pull it back up because you forgot it's there. It's kind of like the change at the bottom of the couch. (laughs) (laughs) Do this for me. Okay. 30 seconds. Tell everyone where they can follow you and find you online. Okay. So I didn't get to address this, but if you have more questions about creating a content calendar, just like Adam shared, um, definitely follow Daniel and I over at the Snout Group that you can find that on our new website pretty soon um, or on Instagram. That's probably the best spot to find me. Nice. Yeah, everyone go learn from Cheyenne and Danielle and Snout School and the Snout Group and on the Snout Squad and all that stuff. And don't forget to like, share, comment, review Whisker Talks, download it, subscribe. And we look forward to next week where we'll be chatting about more fun stuff.